Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 7th of October. India recorded over 22,000 new cases of COVID-19 and 318 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally now stands at over 3 crore 38 lakh, while the death toll stands at over 4 crore 49 lakh. Over 92 crore COVID vaccines have been administered in the country so far, of which more than 43 lakh were given yesterday. In West Bengal, the state government has issued guidelines for conducting Durga Puja festivities with open pandals, separate entry and exit points, compulsory use of masks and a ban on cultural programs near the pandals. The Indian Express reported that all religious places in Maharashtra could be reopened from Thursday with coronavirus restrictions in place. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 23 crore 64 lakh people so far, claiming the lives of over 48.2 lakh. According to Johns Hopkins University, 636.76 crore people have been vaccinated across the world so far. The Supreme Court today directed the Uttar Pradesh government to file a status report on the investigation being conducted in the Lakhimpur Kheri violence, detailing those who have been accused and arrested for the deaths of eight people in the violent clashes on October 3. The bench comprising Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana and Justices Hima Kohli and Surya Kant was hearing a PIL based on a letter written by two advocates from Uttar Pradesh seeking a CBI probe into the Lakhimpur violence. It was earlier reported that the court had taken suomoto cognizance of the violence, but the bench said today that it was a listing error. Justice Surya Kant said to additional advocate general Garima Prasad, representing the Uttar Pradesh government, and I quote, It is in the petition that we have received that eight persons, some of them are farmers, one is a journalist, and there are other persons also who have been killed. This is all an unfortunate incident. Different persons have been murdered. We need to know who are the accused persons against whom you have registered the FIR and whether they have been arrested or not. Unquote. He added that these details be mentioned in the status report which the Uttar Pradesh administration has to file by tomorrow. CGI Ramana also directed the UP government to mention in the status report what happened to the PILs filed in the Allahabad High Court about the Lakhimpur incident. The UP government submitted that a special investigation team of the police and a judicial committee of inquiry headed by a retired judge of the Allahabad High Court has been constituted to probe the October 3 violence. Garima Prasad called it an unfortunate incident and CJI Ramana replied, and I quote, We also feel that way. Eight people have lost their lives, unquote. The court also directed the state government to provide all required medical assistance to the mother of farmer Lavpreet Singh, who was killed in the incident. Advocate Amrit Pal Singh Khalsa had submitted that Lavpreet's mother is in a critical condition and in a state of shock following her son's death. On October 3rd, eight people, including four farmers, a journalist and BJP workers were killed in what took place in the Tikunia area of the Lakhimpur Kheri district. Protesting farmers had alleged that a convoy of three vehicles, including one driven by Ashish Mishra, the son of Union Minister of State for Home Affairs, Ajay Kumar Mishra, rammed into a crowd of farmers who were protesting in the area. The incident took place at around 4pm. Mishra and his son, however, denied being present at the location. The incident took place when a group of protesting farmers were trying to block the road to stop Ajay Mishra and Deputy Chief Minister Keshav Prasad Maurya from visiting Kheri for an event. 
The protesters were upset over a recent speech by Mr. Mishra in which he had allegedly told the farmers to face him and that he would discipline them. The police have booked Ashish Mishra on multiple charges including murder and criminal conspiracy. However, he has not been arrested yet. Meanwhile, Congress leader Priyanka Gandhi Vadra said today that Union Minister Ajay Mishra should step down so that an impartial investigation can happen in the Lakhimpur Kheri violence. Vadra said that Mishra holds the post of the Minister of State for Home Affairs and that inquiries come under the ministry's purview. She said and I quote, he is saying his son is innocent, that he was not there. Fine, so resign on moral grounds. Let the investigation happen. When the result comes and if your son has not committed the crime, become a minister again, unquote. In another update, the BJP today dropped its MP Varun Gandhi and his mother Menika Gandhi from the party's National Executive Committee. Varun Gandhi is a member of parliament for the BJP from the Philippit constituency of UP and Menika Gandhi is an MP from Sultanpur. Notably, Varun Gandhi has criticised the Lakhimpur Kheri violence, saying that protesters cannot be silenced through murder. The National Executive Committee comprises the party's senior leaders for discussing key matters related to the government and shaping the party's agenda. In an incident from Haryana, farmer bodies alleged today that a vehicle in the convoy of BJP MP Nayab Saini rammed into a crowd of protesters demonstrating against the Modi government's farm laws in Narayangarh town in Ambala district. According to NDTV, the farmer groups have said that one protester got injured in the incident and has been admitted to a hospital in Narayangarh. The BJP MP Saini from the Kurukshetra constituency was in Ambala to attend an event facilitating healthcare workers on COVID duty. Listeners, if you've been following the news this week, the reporting by a section of the media on the Lakhimpur Kheri violence has included inflammatory narratives, opposition blaming and even attempts to delegitimize the farmer protests. Behind the dramatic headlines and high decibel shouting matches, what got lost are the faces names and stories of those who lost their lives in the violence. The four farmers, the journalist, a driver and others. News Laundry reporters Nidhi and Shivangi have been on the ground piecing together what actually happened on October 3rd and talking to the families of those who lost their loved ones in the violence. One such person was 31-year-old Hariyom, a driver who had been working for Union Minister Ajay Kumar Mishra for the last six years and lately had been driving for the minister's son, Ashish Mishra. He died during the violence on Sunday. Nidhi and Shivangi spoke to Hariyom's family, who said how help has not come yet from Hariyom's employer, Ajay Mishra. To read the full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Will anyone care about a mere driver's life? Lakhimpur driver worked for Ajay Mishra for six years. I also recommend you to read another ground report from Lakhimpur Kheri by Nidhi and Shivangi about the death of journalist Raman Kashyap in the October 3rd violence. Raman's brother Pawan told them that the family is being pressured by the police to file a complaint that Raman was beaten up, but according to the family, this is not what happened. They say he was killed by one of the vehicles that rammed into the protesters. This report on newslaundry.com is titled, Using My Brother for Balancing Act. Lakhimpur journalists' families say they are being pressured. I'm sure, listeners, that after reading these reports, you will see for yourself the difference between factual and accurate reporting from the ground and angry commentary from inside TV news studios. And if you prefer the first one, support our independent and factual journalism because we can't continue our work without your support. 
We are a 100% ad-free news platform running solely on the support of our subscribers. You can also become one of the propellers of free and fair news today. Head on to newslaundry.com and hit that red subscribe button on the top right corner. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. In a recent development in the Delhi riots case, Additional Sessions Judge Vinod Yadav, who had criticised the Delhi Police's handling of several cases related to the February 2020 violence, has been transferred. Yadav, in July, had fined the Delhi Police rupees 25,000 for its callous and farcical investigation in a case pertaining to the violence. The penalty was imposed on account of laxity on the part of the Delhi Police in registering a first information report in a case. Justice Yadav received the Delhi High Court's transfer notice on Tuesday the same day when he observed that one of the police witnesses in a case was lying on oath. On several occasions, Yadav has commented on and criticised the investigation conducted by the police. He had even gone on to state, and I quote, When history will look back at the worst communal riots since partition in Delhi, it is the failure of the investigating agency to conduct proper investigation by using latest scientific methods that will surely torment the sentinels of democracy. In another case, Yadav had mentioned the failure of the investigating officer in collecting the required evidence pertaining to the matter. While stating that the police investigation has been, in his words, very poor, he had also directed the commissioner of the Delhi police to take remedial steps in the matter. Judge Vinod Yadav has been transferred to Delhi's Rouse Avenue Court to hear corruption-related cases, while Judge Virinder Bhatt will replace him at the Karkaduma Trial Court. The Hindu reported that two teachers were shot dead in Jammu and Kashmir's Srinagar today, while the assailants are still unknown. A senior police official said that the gunmen entered the Sangam Higher Secondary School and fired on the teachers from point-blank range. The deceased have been identified as Satinder Kaur and Deepak Chand, residents of the Alotrabagh area in Srinagar. A police official said that a search operation is underway to find the attackers. The incident took place two days after Makhan Lal Bindru, a 68-year-old Kashmiri Pandit pharmacist, Virinder Paswan, a street vendor, and Mohammad Shafi Lone, a Bandipora resident, were shot dead by militants in separate incidents in the Union territory. The resistance front, an offshoot of the Lashkar-e Taiba, had claimed responsibility for the killings of Bindru and Lone. 27 civilians have been killed in the Union territory this year so far. As per the Jammu and Kashmir Director General of Police, Dilbag Singh, the attacks are being carried out on the instructions from agencies based in Pakistan. He said, and I quote, These recent incidents of targeting civilians are to create an atmosphere of fear, communal disharmony here. This is a conspiracy to target the local ethos and values and defame local Kashmiri Muslims, unquote. The National Investigation Agency has taken over the investigation in the case when nearly three tons of heroin, worth rupees 21,000 crore, was seized by the Directorate of Revenue Intelligence at Gujarat's Mundra port in September. According to the Indian Express, the NIA has booked the accused persons under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act. The drugs which were seized were disguised as a shipment of talcum stones and had arrived from Afghanistan through Iran's Bandar Abbas port. The NIA said yesterday that it had registered a case based on an order from the Ministry of Home Affairs. In the FIR, the agency mentioned that three Indian citizens were involved in imports of the drug. They are Chennai-based entrepreneurs Machavaram Sudhakaran, Durga P.V. Govind Raju and one Rajkumar. 
On September 22, the Ministry of Finance had said that a total of eight people, four Afghans, one Uzbek and three Indians were arrested in the case. In the NIA's FIR, besides sections of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, the accused have also been charged under multiple sections of the Indian Penal Code and the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act. According to PTI, the Enforcement Directorate has also launched a money laundering investigation into the matter. The Mundra port in Gujarat is operated by the Adani Group, and last month, a special court for narcotic drugs and psychotropic substances in Gujarat had requested the DRI to investigate if the management at the Mundra Adani port had gained any profits from the import of the consignment from Afghanistan. A 5.9 magnitude earthquake claimed the lives of 20 people and injured over 300 in Pakistan's Balochistan province this morning. News agency AFP quoted the chief of Balochistan's Provincial Disaster Management Authority as saying that the death toll may rise. The quake disrupted power supply in multiple areas, including in hospitals. According to the independent organization, the European Mediterranean Seismological Center, the earthquake originated in Harnai district of Balochistan. Consequently, tremors were felt in nearly nine cities, including Keta, Sibbi, Pishin, Muslim Bagh, Zerat, and Kila Abdullah. The Dawn reported that there were at least six children among those dead, according to the Deputy Commissioner of Harnai District. Those injured have been admitted to the district headquarters hospital in Harnai. Balochistan Chief Minister Dram Kamal Khan Alyani tweeted that assistance will be assured to the residents. His tweet said, and I quote, Blood, ambulances, emergency assistance, helicopters and rest all things are placed. All departments are working on it, unquote. Tanzanian novelist Abdul Razak Gurna was awarded the 2021 Nobel Prize for Literature today. The Swedish Academy, which awards the prize, appreciated Gurna for his uncompromising and compassionate penetration of the effects of colonialism. 73-year-old Gurna has written 10 novels. His novel titled Paradise, which marked his breakthrough as a novelist, was published in 1994. It was about a boy who grew up in Tanzania in the early 20th century and won the Booker Prize. The Nobel Committee for Literature said in a statement, and I quote, Abdul Razak Gurna's dedication to truth and his aversion to simplification are striking. Gurna was born in Zanzibar in 1948 and came to England as a refugee in the late 60s. He taught English and post-colonial literature at the University of Kent before retiring recently. Gurna is the first black African author to be awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature since Wole Soenka won it in 1986. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.